0: Hello and welcome to my show, this is Karina Mikhailova and you're listening to the podcast The Burnout Blessing. I call it a blessing because if I have never got ill and took the time to heal in a natural way, I would have never grown this much as a person and I would have never discovered that there is so much more to life than just achieving your targets at work and appearing perfect like I have it all figured out. Now I know this is complete crap. Dear guys and gals, what's in it for you? In this show, you will learn about my burnout story and you will get a better understanding of what the heck is a burnout. Why people with a burnout need to take a step back and get their ducks in a row. Why people with a burnout actually stay home on medical leave. Disclaimer, I'm not a professional psychologist and not a doctor. I'm just sharing my story and what I've learned. If you feel like you need professional help, please. Let's break the taboo and get some help. You're not alone in this and there are many different sustainable solutions. It's important to point out that everyone's burnout is different. With their own story, own causes, with their own symptoms and their own solutions. It's not always related to work. And the burnout can take many different forms of symptoms and behaviors. Now, before I start my story, I need to say that I have come to a point in my life where I can say that I take responsibility for what happened to me. Because it was me choosing to ignore my intuition. It was me choosing to put up with a lot of bullshit. And it was me choosing to stay in an environment that was negative for my spirit, for my self image and my energy. Maybe someone else will experience the same environment in another way. But anyway, I take responsibility, but I don't take responsibility for mismanagement. So I started working in my first sales job. Growing up in my family and in my direct environment, nobody ever did a sales job or a commercial activity in IT. I had to explain to my family what an account manager did, so it's not like I had mom explaining me how to do customer meetings just over dinner or how my dad explained in the car on the way to the supermarket how to compose a good deal no but i wanted to make my family proud show them that my weird ass personality can make some big bucks now i grew up as a creative but insecure kid that craved other people's acceptance and recognition do you hear the thunder coming i sound like a doomed people pleaser and i was one oh my all this kind of sales stuff was brand new to me but intuitive and i convinced the hiring manager that i was right for the job because i wanted to talk to customers to understand How do they want to develop? In which direction do they want to grow? How will their business look like in a couple of years? How can we help them with our services and products? How are they planning to anticipate certain events? I was so proud that I got a job. I was so proud that there were people who believed in my talents and believed what I stood for. I was fascinated by how you can listen to a customer, how you can explain a service or product and show them that your product or service is what they actually need so i bought a book about sales and i bought a book about account management and I was looking at videos on YouTube about how to be an account manager and how to do your funnel and so on. I'm very interested in the psychology of sales. I guess I wanted to prove that although I did not have a sales background, I could do a good job and I was focusing on ta-ta-ta... perfection. Again, can you hear the thunder coming? I was convinced that for some reason other people who got the job in sales knew exactly what they were doing, that they had it all figured out. And that is a huge assumption that held me back. Not everyone has it all figured out. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to improvise on the spot. Actually, you better be a good improviser working in sales. It's okay to not make a perfect presentation it's okay to have a spelling mistakes on your slide or email it's okay not to dress up every day to work i assumed that i had to be all of the things i just mentioned and i had to be perfect i even assumed that if you were participating in a meeting and opened your mouth you absolutely knew what you were talking about and you could only propose the best solutions that you had figured out before maybe on the weekend instead of spending time with your friends if you would present a draft a draft not perfect just a draft then you're some kind of unprepared loser who made an effort to show up to the meeting I set such high standards for myself and the contributions that I wanted to make that I didn't dare to open my mouth. How ironic! As many ideas were, were going through my head, but I thought they were not worth talking about. And I came over very insecure. Yeah. And that is called imposter syndrome. We'll talk oh, about that in another episode. So back to the meeting, when someone else came up with a draft proposal, with a draft idea, and I already thought of that and disapproved the idea, I thought in myself, how can this person there to share such a bad idea that I know won't work in the end. And oh boy, was I unpleasantly surprised when my colleagues and manager, they liked that draft idea. What a horror. Because I knew in my head that it was actually a bad idea. As I have a tendency to think 3, five, ten steps ahead. Yeah, you could say that sometimes I come over rather critical and negative, but that is only because I have already played numerous scenarios in my head and I've decided it's not a good idea, you know? I don't want to waste any more time, I want to come up with the best idea, because I'm not some kind of unprepared loser that comes with draft ideas. You can hear that I put a lot of pressure on myself and in combination with my assumptions about other people's thought about me, it is not a good attitude. It's not a healthy attitude. So this attitude of mine got me kind of isolated. I thought my colleagues, they don't like me and they don't want me around. So I behaved like this? I behaved like this was already true? Have you ever heard of a self-fulfilling prophecy? When I was about to get ill, I had two managers, one direct manager and one dotted line manager. I did get along with the direct manager, but he wasn't around a lot. He worked abroad, so if there were so any day-to-day stuff, uh, questions, we went to the dotted line manager. And she is a pro at solving operational problems. I even felt a bit intimidated by her. Then a couple of situations happened where the solution contradicted my intuition and my personal integrity. I felt like a hypocrite, like I had cheated on myself. It left a permanent bad aftertaste. But I kept on denying my intuition and continued working like nothing was wrong. After all, she gave the solution that fixed the problem. I was so caught up with perfection and finding the perfect strategy and the perfect templates for conversations with customers. (sighs) Then I got some critique from colleagues. they saw that things were not like going 100% okay there was something wrong with me I thought I can see your point there is definitely a place for improvement but I'm on track with my numbers and I have my sales funnel nonetheless I really started doubting myself and I started to feel even more isolated from my dotted line manager whose impact on the day-to-day business was much bigger than the direct managers I didn't get negative feedback but I had the feeling that she thought I was and I thought she was regretting having asked me for the job can you hear the assumption and self-fulfilling prophecy again eventually it became true my gut was telling me that this was not a good environment for me where I could flourish with my direct manager we were already looking internally for another job I got at a point where I personally could not see the vision the strategy of the dotted line manager I started to struggle with motivation Where is this all going to? I am a person who needs the bigger picture to move to. I felt so disconnected to the dotted line manager and to a part of my team. This disconnection feeling started to feel really heavy. My gut was telling me that this was not a healthy everyday interaction. Colleagues that I could feel really comfortable with, they got reassigned to a new team or they left the company or they were not a lot in the office anymore. I started to feel really alone. And then something happened that caused a huge crack in the metaphorically already full bucket. I found out that my dotted line manager asked her manager to put me on a personal improvement plan. This meant that, in the end, my direct manager asked me to sign a document that I actually did not agree with. I emailed back, hmm, I acknowledge, instead of I agree, yeah, like that was gonna change something. But it didn't matter. In the end, I agreed to follow the procedure of the personal improvement plan. The content of which was so humiliating and not true that it started to eat me up from inside, like acid. I could have said, I don't agree, but I didn't. I started to feel nauseous, constantly, and I had difficulties getting out of bed. Then I started to get some courage. I confronted the dotted line manager about the initiation of the personal improvement plan. She denied to me about knowing anything about the personal improvement plan. She denied to my face without blinking. Then I realized I had to get out of the influence field of this person as soon as possible. My nausea was getting worse and I felt more alone than ever. But still, I did not leave. I was hoping to get another internal job. I knew by then they would make me fail the personal improvement plan and fire me, giving me a check to keep me happy. At least I would get some money out of it, I thought. But still, it all felt so humiliating to me. But I stayed. On Wednesday, the 6th of June, 2018, there was an informal barbecue only for members of the corporate hockey team. I wished I was on the team, but the team had enough female players, so I was not invited and I didn't go. Instead, I went to my evening nutrition class, where we were learning about stomach reductions that evening. I started to feel heart palpitations. Then I started to lose feeling in my arms. Having the class outside to have some fresh air didn't help. Eventually, one of my classmates brought me to the emergency room as my heart was racing like it was running for the 100 meters of the Olympic medal. The doctors brought me in very quickly and started to take my blood and put all kinds of meters on my chest to test if something was wrong with my heart. In the meantime, they told me to breathe in a plastic bag. I still have this plastic bag as a reminder a bit later doctor came in and said the good news is that your heart is completely fine but your heart rate is rather high it was 140 beats per minute and i was lying down i will give you something to calm down keep breathing in the plastic bag then the blood results came in The blood was good, but there was not enough CO in the blood, which is a sign of hyperventilation. You're breathing superficially because you're panicking. The doctor said that I was having a huge panic attack. She asked me if I was experiencing a hard time at home. I said no. Then she asked me whether I was experiencing a hard time at work. And then it hit me like a lightning. Was I, having this panic attack, lying here, on this emergency bed, having my blood and my heart tested, because I chose to continue to accept all of the bullshit I got thrown at me? When I went to the toilet, with the drip, I looked in the mirror, my eyeballs cried out, because I thought that I was going to have a heart attack and die. I said to myself, Karina, it's not worth it. But it was too late. Something irreturnable happened in my nerve system, in my brain. The next day, I was crazy enough to go back to work only because I had a meeting with my plus two manager who was more understanding of my situation with a personal improvement plan. I arrived early in the morning Jesus, in an empty office then a young colleague arrived, wishing me a good morning and complaining to have some muscle cramps from yesterday. I asked, "Ha, huh, what did you do? He said he went to the barbecue and played hockey with the hockey team, like the rest of the team. Everyone of the team was there, weren't you? My eyes became wet. No, I wasn't. My self fulfilling prophecy became actually true. I stood up and went to the chill room that was rarely used. Ironica. Huh? I started to cry like someone had called me to say that one of my loved ones died. I could not stop. My eyes turned red, my nose was red, and I had that meeting with my plus two manager in 15 minutes. I tried to calm myself down trying to understand why was I so upset by not being invited to a barbecue. Why was I craving for approval and recognition from people who did not understand me? What the hell was wrong with me? I went up to have the meeting, told the manager about the panic attack and the barbecue and how upset I was. He sent me home and told me to get some rest and to call him on Monday. That was my last day of work in some time, and the beginning of a long journey where I still had to hit rock bottom. Guys and gals, I want to remind you that this story has a good ending. This is the end of the first episode of the Burnout Blessing. If you're interested to know what's going to happen further, then stay tuned for the next episode. After listening to a full episode, it's time to move some booty and shake your ass. Let yourself go to the tune.